0: which is the gospel of John, starting in verse 35. John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. And this is God's word. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned to them and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak, followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's pray one more time. Father, may the truth be spoken and received here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, our staff has uh, many, many times tried to get Dr. Young on Twitter or on some kind of social media. And he resists it and resists it and resists it. And it's kind of a running joke within the staff. We're like, Chief, please get on Twitter. Look at what John Piper's, you know, it's an extension of your own ministry. You can get your voice beyond these walls. And he will not do it. He will not do it. He will not do it. And I say this with the utmost respect. I really do. The utmost respect. I love Dr. Young, he's a father in the faith. But uh, he is cuckoo for cocoa puffs when it comes to this particular issue. But here you know, don't want to know why? It's because he cannot, for the life of him, imagine having followers. And he will say that every time we'll say, "Boss, get on Twitter, and then you can expand your voice. I just can't bring myself to have a bunch of followers." And uh, again, I say with great respect. His trouble is, that we're going, boss, it's, it's, you know, like following somebody's story or following somebody's opinion or following somebody's course. You know, you're not, you're not bowing down to anybody. But to his, to his sweet credit, he understands the principle of what it is to follow Jesus. He doesn't want followers. He doesn't want, like Paul, don't follow me don't follow Apollos. Apollos, don't follow an angel, don't follow Jim Umloff, I don't want anybody following me, or he doesn't want anybody following the pastor of a church, he wants them following Jesus Christ because he understands this principle uh, of what it is to follow Jesus. Now, we'll look at it more clo- closely in our second point, but you know, people um, consider Jesus for a number of reasons. They consider Jesus uh, because uh, this world is uh, broken and hurting. They consider Jesus for peace. They consider Jesus for hope. Uh, in fact, there's probably a whole bunch of people down uh, whenever that Osteen thing was. I mean, people flock in with all kinds of perceptions about Jesus. Uh, some are sentimental. Some are are, are illegitimate shams. Um, but here's the principle, ladies and gentlemen. The big lesson from this passage I would love for you to walk away with today is this: the essence of Christianity is following Jesus. It's no light thing. It's no cursory thing. It's not like following somebody on Instagram where you just observe their story and you're kind of a casual observer and you like it or you 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 share it and all that kind of stuff. Following Jesus is a big thing. It's not following him in an orderly line. It's not following him uh, to get some extra religious credit. It's not casual. Following Jesus equals relinquishing everything to Jesus. That's what it is to follow Jesus. And that's uh, Dr. Young's great sensitivity. He doesn't want people following some pastor. He will come and go, and he will, his name will be remembered no more. Follow Christ. All right, so uh, we'll go to our first of uh, four points, which is this. A disciple is a follower. Now, if you would look at the text, please, it says, um, uh, verse 35, the next day Again, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, we have to stop there, and please be patient with me because I know I always do that. I read a couple words and I stop, and then I tell you about how important context is, and you go, yeah, we know. But it is important, but I'm stopping because you need to know a couple things. Yes, we, need to have, to, we have to have the context. Yes, we have to kind of catch up, but there's also something very notable and important here that you need to see. Here's a question for you. Where does the gospel writer John start his gospel the answer is in eternity that's where he starts the gospel in eternity uh, it's a deliberate thrust of the gospel writer john that we not just see jesus as human which he, he does say that in verse 14 the word became flesh and dwelt among us we've seen him yes he, he does purport that jesus is human it's true but John is very careful and specific about, about this particular gospel, uh, that we need to see Jesus not just as human, but as God himself. And I, I've said a number of times um, uh, re, uh, that, that there's no salvation unless certain things uh, happen. All right, Like this, um, God's justice must be satisfied. Kind of a biggie. God's justice must be satisfied. He must be satisfied with the purity of the one he receives uh, in his holy courts. Kind of a big thing. Uh, How about this one? Uh, For salvation to take place, death must be defeated. Kind of a big thing. If death isn't defeated, if Jesus was killed, he's just some guy who was murdered. 2,000 years ago, doesn't really make a difference to you unless he's defeated death, he's resurrected, he's gone before us, and is thus our security who's gone before us and will provide us life as well, resurrection. How about this? Uh, For salvation to be, um, the perfection of a human life must be attained so that you have an eligible person to take the sin uh, substitutionary punishment. Okay, unless you have the divine righteousness of God, you don't have that. Uh, and how about this, the last one I'll just throw. I could keep going and going. Um, the remedy for our sin must come from God himself and must not be manufactured by us. We don't get to cook up the little plan that says, oh, this is, uh, this is uh, how we fixed it, God. In fact, uh, you know what? I just uh, screenshot this uh, on the way in. When we were out of town, I followed this really, really um, leftward uh, creative guy, uh, I think from California. And uh, he tweeted something that I'm gonna use this on the Colorado trip with your kids. He said, "Um, can we all just agree that every single human is ridiculous and in a varying state of brokenness and then not be evil toward one another? Well, he's identified the problem, hasn't he? But that's one crummy solution. Why don't you try it? Let's just try not to be evil to one another. You want to try that? Okay, how about uh, pledge your love? Uh, How about you, Howard? Would you pledge your love to her for the rest of your life Uh, to honor and cherish her and and take care of her, love her more than anybody else? And uh, how are you doing on that? Perfect? Never blown it, have you? Oh, good for you. You haven't been evil? Good, Howard, good. I mean, listen, he's identified the problem. The world is broken, it's true. But we can't fix it. We can't stop wars. You know why? Because well, like, the Carmen's won't stop fighting. How are we going to fix a war? So, friends, without a divine Savior, all of that is impossible. And so the, uh, the Apostle John makes certain there's no mistaking Jesus' claim to, uh, to divinity. And so when the case has been satisfactorily made that Jesus is divine, the gospel writer John then moves on into the body of his message and he starts on the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. He launches right into it and he starts with John the Baptist who is this key figure who shows up in all the gospels who was, uh, who was um, uh, 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 prophesied to show up and it says in verse 19 and this is the testimony of John the Baptist. Now, look at verse 29. The next day, Look at verse 35. The next day, look at verse 43. The next day, I mean, talk about an administration uh, getting into action. I mean, the gospel writer John uh, and Jesus himself shows up on the scene, and boom, um, the business is a booming. Jesus' administration of his ministry is taking off. And so the one day, day one, John the Baptist is being questioned by religious rulers, and the next day, Jesus is acknowledged as the Lamb of God, and the next day, he's acknowledged as the Lamb of God again, and he calls disciples to himself, and the next day, he calls three more disciples. That's a lot of stuff happening. Now, one writer I was reading, I loved, he said, um, this breathes the air of the dynamism Of the gospel. I just love that. Do not think that Jesus came to earth, started fumbling around, and started trying to help some people, and this ministry just kind of grew around him like me. (laughs) Uh, Don't think of it that way. Jesus comes on the scene and he has come to save, he has come to accomplish the work of salvation. Now, let me pull in something from um, last week. Look at verse um, 33. Um, John the Baptist is talking here. Not John the Gospel writer, but John the Baptist. He's saying, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and have borne witnesses. This is the Son of God. Now, don't turn, but let me get there real fast. This is in, um, this is in Matthew 3. Listen, um, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is, this is what John the Baptist is referring to. Now let's look at verse 33 again where we are here. Verse 33 again. Uh, I don't want you to miss this one thing. He, uh, I myself did not know him. He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God descends and remains in Jesus. And I would say, yes, that breathes the air of the dynamism of the gospel, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit has entered the scene, is empowering Jesus. Um, So Jesus' ministry is not just trickling into effect. Rather, he had broken through the stony exterior of a fallen humanity with a design to save. Now, what is salvation? What is it to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? That's what we are. We were made disciples and we're to make disciples. What is a disciple? Well, it tells us, verse 35 of our passage, next day, John's standing with two of his disciples. So John's got his own disciples. And he looked at Jesus and he walked, walked by and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Now, how does this apply to you and me? Well, first of all, following Jesus has specific uh, qualifications. Um, you don't just make an empty proclamation. Well, I think I'll follow this one. Uh, oh, I'll switch from John the Baptist to this Jesus or me. I'll switch from following the ways of this world or my own life or my own aspirations, my own wishes to Jesus. I think I'm just gonna you know, change course a little bit. It's, it's not like that. Um, if you're in the army and you're given an order and you follow that order, what does that mean? It means you obey the order. To follow is to do. To follow is to obey. To follow is to relinquish your own rights and privileges and say, not mine, but thine. Uh, You carry it out. You obey the order. You know, if you flip ahead to chapter 8, do that if you would. Uh, Chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. Would you see that? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, Jesus is not saying uh, do good and earn some Christian points. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that um, it is evidence of following. When you abide, when you do, when you respond, when you obey, that is the definition of Following. Um, don't turn, but let me show you one more thing in, um, oh yeah, I love this. This is in Matthew um, 7. At the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You see that the follower is pleased to relinquish rights and privileges and say, I'm gonna obey you. Um, Jesus goes on to say, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He goes on to say, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the floods came, the winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And by the way, that's the end of his sermon. Mic drop. I mean, no sweet little, uh, you know, Fancy illustration at the end, no little sensitivity training, and I just want to get the message to you in a sweet way. Boom! That's what Jesus says. That if you are a follower, there's evidence of being a follower. It is to obey, it is to follow Jesus and yield to him as consummate king. That's what that means. All right, second application on this. We are, and I hope you find this encouraging. We are as fully disciples as those who walked around with Jesus 2,000 years ago. I know we, we tend to pine for that, and I think it's wonderful to go to the Holy Land and to, to walk on steps that you know Jesus walked on and to be in the dust that Jesus walked on and to eat olives and fish and lamb, uh, the stuff that Jesus did over there. That I, I, I get it. But don't think we're less of a disciple than these disciples. Now, of course, they're called to be apostles and, and, and there's, there, it's a, it's a, there's a redemptive difference, okay, in the, in, the, in the theater of redemption. But we are every bit of a disciple as these people were. We're disciples like they were. Um, and so don't think that it would make you more devout if you somehow were back then. Because I'll tell you, in, our, in, our, in the Gospel of John here, let me just get there real fast for time's sake. But in the Gospel of John, um, yeah, Jesus says, um, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Helper with a capital H will not come to you. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, uh, I know you're going to miss me. I know it's going to be tough. I know, he knows when he dies, there's gonna be mourning and uh, they're, they're gonna be aching for him. And when, he, when he's resurrected, that uh, Mary's gonna cling to him. Don't cling to me, Mary, because I gotta go away. It's better for me to go away because then the helper's gonna come. Listen to this. Um, uh, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine, therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is better, disciples, that Jesus not be here and his spirit be here. And how does Jesus apply truth to our heart? Who wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit of God ultimately. Who gives life? The Holy Spirit of God ultimately. Who illuminates truth? The Holy Spirit of God, ultimately. So don't live your life on hunches. Know that what God is in the business of doing, what Jesus is in the business of doing, is applying the truth of his word to your heart, this book, to your heart, in the power of the Holy Ghost. He does nothing without the the, the bidding. The Holy Spirit does the bidding of the, the Father and Son. All right, our second point. A disciple is in a relationship um, look at verse eight, uh, 38. Jesus turned to them, saw them following, and he said to them, What are you seeking? Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't say, Who are you seeking? He says, What are you seeking? And I find that terribly, uh, I mean, not terribly in a bad way, wonderfully intimate, don't you? What are you seeking? I mean, Jesus is, is, is peeling back their hearts, their hearts and saying, what, what is it that you're searching for in this world? Why are you out here listening to John the Baptist preach this gospel of repentance? There's some kind of rumbling in your spirit, and you want something. What is it that you want? Um, what are you seeking? Um, uh, uh, several other um, uh, translations will say, uh, what are you looking for? Uh, one of them says, what is your wish Don't you like that? What is is your wish, saith Jesus? Well, um, what could be more relevant to your life right now? I mean, what are you looking for, friend? What is your wish? What are you seeking? Um, What will give you the significance that you crave? What will give your heart satisfaction? Uh, What will give you the self that you long to be? Don't Don't you long to be some self? I do. I long to be some self that's not this, uh, or an improved this, or a, a this that, that isn't so schleppy and failing and, and selfish. Don't you want that? Well, um, Jesus turns to them. He says, what are you seeking? And they go on. They answer him. They say, rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? <laughs> he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. Now, uh, application for your life. Walking with Jesus, being a disciple, is having a relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, he says, what do you want? They say, where are you staying? <laughs> you know what they're saying? We want to be with you. We want you. And um, there's a whole lot of gobbledygook and lip service in, in the Christian world, and um, I, I'm, 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 I'm the worst offender. Um, you know, I'm in a relationship with Tammy, and um, I, I mean this. I think about her all the time. Not all the time. Not literally 100% of the time. I'm just Tammy, 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 Tammy. I'm not thinking about. But I'm telling you, I think about Tammy all the time. I think about her during the day. I think about her while I'm working. I, I, I know there are times where I have to focus, you know. So I'm not just thinking about her hot body uh, while I'm at work. But uh, <laughs> um, but I think about Tammy a, a lot. And and. Uh, and uh, I'm in contact with her, and, and we want to know where, where, where each, what, what, what we're doing. We want to know what our experiences are for the day. And, and uh, you know, I just, I just I think about her all the time. Um, and we find many little points of contact, and, and we do all kinds of little things like, uh, you know, leave each other coffee cups out and uh, do other little doodads around the house. So just communicate, babe, I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about you. Well, folks, with Christ, we hear from God... Where? Here. We speak to God. How? In prayer. Is that not, it's so simple that we get to fellowship with the living God. He speaks to us and we speak to him. He hears us and, and we hear him. Um, that, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. That's what discipleship is. Um, I think about Tammy, honestly, I'm an idolater. I think about Tammy more than I think about God. Um, but, but we need to walk through this life as disciples who are in a relationship. What do you want, says Jesus? Um, where are you staying? Because I just want to be with you. That's what it is to live the life of a Christian disciple. I'll show you one other cool little morsel. Um, many have pondered over this, myself included. Verse 39, he says to him, come and see. They came, saw where he was staying. They stayed with him, for it was about the tenth hour. That's four o'clock. Why the John John the Apostle is writing this? Why does he Why does he put the time in there? Don't you think that's interesting? Now, on the one hand, it's just a, t- a detail. I mean, it's a it's a thing that validates the the reality of this the, the, of the narrative. I mean, he puts a time in there. It doesn't have to, but he does. Why does he put a time in there? Um... I read one guy and I tend to agree. It was probably kind of precious to the apostle John. The, the the encounter that he had with Jesus. You know, I'll never forget. It was four o'clock and we we were with Jesus all day. And uh it was this 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 precious thing. Um, I I think it was anchored in his encounter with the Savior. You know, uh, we were talking about it driving back home from our little trip to New Orleans. And uh, uh, we were talking about some of our travels. And, uh, you know, we met Jose Feliciano, did you know that, in an airport in L.A. a number of years ago. Well, I'll never forget meeting Jose Feliciano. I know exactly where we were. We were in the Miami airport and he had a handler with him because he's blind. Um, I'll never forget meeting the skipper and Mr. Whipple. In this, I was at LAX, I was in high school, and the skipper from Gilligan's Island was in this line and Mr. Whipple was in this line. And Mr. Whipple said, hey, skipper, and the skipper said, hey, Mr. Whipple. And I thought, this is awesome. They call each other their TV names. When they're not on camera, it was awesome. I will never forget meeting them, and I think that it's it's something that um, it's a treasured mile marker uh, for the, the the gospel writer. It's telling. Jesus says, "What are you seeking?" It turns out, it is uh, Jesus, precisely. All right. Third point: A disciple makes other disciples. This is the largest section of this book. We're going to move the quickest through it, though. Um, In verse uh, forty, look at it. Um, One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. The other one's nameless, but it's uh, it's thought to be the gospel writer John. He does, out of modesty, doesn't put his name in there. Um, He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, "We found the Messiah." Um, Flip on ahead, um, oh, uh, to uh, verse forty-three. The next day, Jesus goes to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. I mean, he he meets this Jesus, and uh, the the first inclination is to go, who do I love? Uh, I gotta go get him. Think about it. Somebody says, I got the cure for cancer right here. What do you wanna go do? Find the one with cancer, don't you? Hey, I've got a cure for your heartache right here. Oh, I've got a cure for your hopelessness right here. What do you want to do? Find the hopeless. Minister. Pour out, share the words of life. A disciple makes disciples. Now, in the middle of all this dialogue, there's something really cool and telling. Jesus sees Nathanael in verse 47 coming toward him, and he says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Um, some translations say, uh, A man of integrity or a man without uh, guile. Uh, someone who's not uh, 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 vehemently in opposition to the gospel. He says, Oh, Nathaniel, uh, uh, an open heart to the gospel, huh? No deceit, no guile, an openness, hmm? And uh, <coughs> Nathaniel goes, uh, How do you know me? <laughs> We've never met. Somehow you've stated my name. You have an interest in my life. He says, uh, Jesus says, uh, Well, you know, before Philip called you, you were, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And uh, this is a bit of divine knowledge that the Holy Spirit of God has given to h- human Jesus. And uh, Nathaniel goes; it's a, it's like a Peter moment. Um, he says, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel." Um, now we can pause for a lesson, and uh, this trips up people, and we really got to step on the gas here. But this trips up a lot of people. Jesus was divine; he was fully human, fully divine. But in his humanity, did he know all things all the time? No. In his divinity, was he upholding the earth? Was he keeping it spinning on its axis? Yes. He was He was retaining and maintaining all life, sustaining the earth. But in his humanity, he, he divested himself of his glory. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit who is working in him shows him this truth about Nathaniel, and he's able to say, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel goes, oh, that is divinity. <laughs> he recognizes it, and he has a prophetic utterance: "You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel." Now, application. Um, Andrew goes and finds his brother Simon. Philip finds Nathaniel, and this uh, this is this is the, the message for you uh, from uh, from Jesus himself. Um, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he says. All authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. You know who he's talking to? Text tells us. Um, The 11 disciples went to Galilee and Jesus directed them. Jesus is talking to his disciples and his message to his disciples is, go make disciples. That's the message. A disciple Makes disciples not out of some rote duty, but out of devotion to the Savior who sends us and out of concern for a world that is broken and ridiculous and needs help. All right, our last point. We're in the home stretch. A disciple is on a divinely provided path. Uh, verse 51 of our passage. Um, he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you know, he says, oh, you're impressed by the fig tree thing? You impressed about that? Okay, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, Jesus is going, you, you think that's impressive? Okay, well, um, l- let me tell you, uh, uh, let, let me give you a little something from the Old Testament. <laughs> and uh, here, here's, here's what he says. This is a dream that Jacob has. He dreams that there's a ladder, this is in uh, Genesis 28, he dreams there's a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reaches into heaven and behold, angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Um, and, and it goes out, though, the passage goes on to say, um, how awesome is this place, there is no, this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. <laughs> That's a dream that Jacob has, a prophetic dream. And Jesus, the first one ever to apply this uh, to himself is himself. Jesus says, oh, you think that's something? Well, guess what? I'm the gate. (laughs) You think the fig tree was amazing? You think the fig tree showed you something of the divinity of of me? Just wait. I'm going to be the mediator. I'm going to be the way unto God. I'm going to be the one... Uh, who tears the curtain from top to bottom. I'm gonna be the way into the holy of holies. All right, I'll close with this. In uh, Psalm 34, verse eight, familiar verse to most of us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's the New Living Translation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Friend, what are you seeking? That's what Jesus asks. What are you seeking? Here's the answer. The joys of those who take refuge in him. That's why Jesus came. That's the gospel message. He broke into this world with his hard exterior, and he came with intent. He came not just to trickle into ministry, but to drive into ministry and accomplish salvation Uh, for a world that is broken and in need. Oh, the joys that await. Let's pray. Father, um, we are humbled before you. We have nothing save that you have given it, and we have nothing of um, any heavenly worth uh, save that you provided it. Thank you for loving sinners. Thank you for providing a way unto yourself. Thank you for not just leaving us here to try to figure it out, but that you take the truth of your word, the eternal truth. Um, Your word is you, and you take your word, and in the power of your own spirit, you apply it to our lives. Thank you for that, Lord. Uh, Might we learn what it is to be a disciple? Might we learn what it is to follow and relinquish our rights and privileges? And might we know the joys of heaven provided by you in our Savior King, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you.